BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Episode 159 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. Shouldn't we all be on Team Normal? Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. Welcome to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Hahn. I'm at Christopher Hahn on Twitter, Christopher Hahn NY on Instagram. And I really do appreciate you liking, rating, reviewing, subscribing, telling friends about this podcast. We are one of the most listened to political podcast on the internet. So uh, hopefully you enjoy it. Tell them they can get it wherever they get podcasts. Uh, and I really do appreciate all the support you've been giving me. So uh, short and sweet tonight. No guest today. So I'm going to do two segments of me talking. Uh, I didn't do a guest because I usually, as you know, record my radio show on Thursday night. But I was doing so much TV Thursday night that I could not do radio. So no radio Thursday night, no guest. Uh, so you just got me today. So uh, I want to talk about my view on the January 6th uh, committee, select committee's hearing. Uh, I went in with low expectations, and they clearly cleared my bar. I think that the thing I took away from at least Thursday night's primetime hearing, and we could talk about Monday's hearing as well. Maybe I'll talk about that in the second segment. My massive takeaway from Thursday night is the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers, one coordinating, meeting together in that garage, the, the, the testimony of the filmmaker who was there under subpoena, as he pointed out to us. I thought that testimony was extremely important. I was concerned about why he was the opening speaker, frankly. And the uh, the officer, who I think did a fantastic job, basically putting you in that moment and connecting what actually happened to the video we've all seen. And I think they did an excellent job having her speak and then showing the video of what she was speaking of. That was brilliant. But the big takeaway for me comes from the fact that the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys left the rally at 10.30 a.m. before Trump even got there, an hour and a half before Trump even got there, to walk down to the Capitol to stake out weak points so they had an opportunity to penetrate the security of the Capitol. Why were they there if not to see Trump speak? They didn't see Trump speak. They got to the Capitol long before the other crowds did. And it was, a, in my opinion, 
it shows a level of coordination we had heretofore heard of. A level of coordination that I believe, when this is all said and done, connects right back to the president or somebody very close to the president who had them be the leading edge of the attack on our capital. This goes from being a riot that got violent to being a coordinated, planned assault on the Capitol. That's what I saw Thursday night. That was crystal clear to me Thursday night. I was concerned that having a hearing in prime time would lead to major disappointment. It did not. They far exceeded my expectations. And 20 million Americans watched it, and I bet you even more heard about it the next day, saw it on social media. It is being talked about. It is a buzz. But that said, I don't want to get too optimistic about how this impacts the elections going forward because I'll give you a perfect example. The next day, one of my reasonable Republican friends, I have Republican friends who think that January 6th was horrible, that think Trump was an idiot. But somebody texts me and says, gas, 5.25 a gallon this morning. Great job, Joe. And I said, yeah, rather have Joe than uh, totalitarianism. And he told me to stop being so dramatic. (laughs) Okay. So I am concerned that people don't see the ongoing threat to the republic posed by some of these people who are seeking office around the country. I went over this. If you saw any of the clips of me on News Nation, I was there all night on uh, Thursday talking about this. I made it very clear that, you know, and I think that Chairman Thompson made it very clear that this is an ongoing threat. You have people who believe the big lie or whether they believe it or not, they are advocating for the big lie. Running for offices that will impact elections all over this country, particularly in swing states like Pennsylvania, where the Republican nominee for governor has basically said if he feels that there's feels Optward feels that there's any kind of corruption in a voting booth. He will decertify those machines. What do you think he's going to decertify the machines? You think he's going to be decertifying machines in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania? Or will he be decertifying machines in Philadelphia, where people who don't share his political ideology vote? I guarantee you he will not be decertifying, you know, the heartland of Pennsylvania. People have always joked that Pennsylvania is... Philadelphia and Pittsburgh with Alabama in between. And if you've been to Pennsylvania, it's like that. And, and, and let me tell you, it doesn't mean that it's not a beautiful state. It doesn't mean that there aren't beautiful people there. And that it, I, I've been all over that state in my career. And I, I love the people of Pennsylvania. But there's a lot of conservatives in Pennsylvania, and he's not going to be decertifying machines in those rural conservative parts of the state. And this is a man who is running for governor, who appoints the Secretary of State, and who will appoint somebody to run elections that agrees with the big lie. And God help us if that's the case in 2024. Now, I'm hopeful that um, he will lose. I think uh, the current Attorney General of Pennsylvania has a good chance of winning. I am concerned uh, about uh, Fetterman against Dr. Oz, but I think, you know, he drew the best possible opponent, I think. Calling him Dr. New Jersey is, is a winner for me, frankly. I think, and, and that came up from the Republican primary. So 
Keep using it. Dr. New Jersey, I think, is a great nickname for him. But again, the threat is still out there. The big lie has you know, seeped into mainstream Republican politics. And there are big lie believers and promoters and advocates seeking Secretary of State jobs in, uh, in, in, in Pennsylvania, in Arizona, in Michigan particularly. There's a guy who's utterly crazy. Uh, and in Wisconsin. Now they lost in Georgia. Thank God. They lost their primary in Georgia, but there was an incumbent. And there was a well-publicized race. Most people don't pay attention to the Secretary of State candidates and how important that job is right now. So I think it's it's good that they got off on a good foot uh, of the January 6th committee, uh, select committee hearings. I think they, they made that point. I think that people need to understand. And, and again, I haven't heard it talked about that much. The Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers coordinated and they left long before the speech and then started to test the barriers right as Trump's speech was starting to end and Trump was telling his supporters to march to the Capitol. And when they got to the Capitol, the Oath Keepers were already tangling with police at the barriers at the peace circle where they had determined from their earlier scouting surveillance mission was the weak point. And they were testing that barrier. And then they were having more people join them. I bet you the Oath Keepers, some of the Oath Keepers went back to kind of guide the rest of the Trump supporters to that point so that it became what appeared to be a a riot. But it wasn't. It was an attack. The riot was there to cover up the attack. God help us had those police officers, those Capitol Police officers, not done their jobs and protect that Capitol and stall that attack. We would have seen people dead. And God help us. God knows where we'd be today. Congress may have not been able to do their job and finish the vote count that day. We may have been in a constitutional crisis. We might not have had enough members of Congress or the Senate to do it. It would have been a very, very dangerous time in this country. And I don't think we are out of the woods by a mile. I think we've got a long way to go to be out of the woods. And I think it's very important that we stay vigilant, that we watch these hearings, that we talk to our friends about these these hearings, that we post about it on social media. I think it's urgent, and I'll continue to do that. I'll continue to talk about it. I hope I don't, I hope I'm not boring you with it. Please, you know, tweet at me at Christopher Hahn or go to ChristopherHahn.com and email me if you uh, think I'm boring you. Just just let me know, and, and I will uh, try to be more exciting when I talk about how this country almost ceased to exist as we know it. I am concerned. I am really concerned about that guy in, in Pennsylvania. I mean, six dollars a gallon gas. I mean, the guy's crazy, but six dollars a gallon gas is going to make people very upset if that's still going on in you know November. And by all accounts, it appears it will. Uh, we're going to have a problem. And as nutty as that guy is, and, and again, I don't think Pennsylvania sends nutties, you know, nutty people like that to the governor's mansion. I mean, that's a state that gave us, you know, Arlen Specter, right? I, I don't expect him to win. But he could. Be vigilant. 
All right, I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to come back, and I'm going to talk about Monday's hearing. I'm going to talk about the gun bill. So stay with us. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. All right, I'm back. I really, you know, it's funny. I usually talk about my guest here, so I didn't know what I was going to say in my rejoin. But I'm going to do a little bit more of a second half interview of myself right now. I'm going to talk about two things. Uh, First, let me talk about the uh, agreement in principle, the framework that a group of 20 senators, 10 Republicans, 10 Democrats came to on uh, gun safety. Now, again, it doesn't do everything that I want it to do. There's no... Uh, ban on assault rifles. Uh, there are still loopholes in, in in background checks, but it does do some things. Gives expanded rights to background checks for assault rifles for people under the age of 21. It's small state steps, right? Red flag laws, other things that I think we'd like to see happen. I obviously support it. Uh, I want to see more. I don't claim this is the finish line. But I think it's a good way, you know, here, here's my big take on it. And here's my big takeaway. It's a good way to determine how much electoral jeopardy the people who sign on to this bill from the Republican side have. I don't believe they're going to have any electoral jeopardy from it. I think you might see somebody demagogue over it. But I think that by and large, the Republicans who signed on to this bill will not lose Republican primaries as a result of this bill. And I think it's a good test to see if that happens. And if that test is successful, and I guess we're past most of the primary season right now, I mean, there's still a couple more weeks left in the primary season. If if we get past the next round of primaries two years from now, and senators and members of the House of Representatives who have signed on to this bill and voted to pass this bill don't lose elections over it. I think it gives us an opportunity to go further and to do more and to test the water even further. Right now, I think it's like it's like sticking your toe in the pond to test the temperature. And I think that's what this bill does. It's not great. It doesn't solve everything, but it does something. And it puts people on record of supporting a gun safety measure. And now you'll see, does the NRA attack them? Do... Uh, Republicans who wish to have their job attack them from the right. Where does this land them? And if they survive, and I think they will, most of them, I think 
it leads to an opportunity two years from now to do even more. So that's just where I am on it. Assuming we still have a republic two years from now, after what I was talking about in the first segment, but I think we will have a republic two years from now. And uh, and we'll and we'll be able to do that. So this is my political take on it. I know it's an awkward take. It's different probably than what you've heard. But I think that's the key. You're dipping your toe in the water. And if it's not too cold or too hot, maybe you'll take another step in. And I'm hopeful that that temperature, that water is just right. And this bill will show them that. Because I, you know, I don't think anybody wants to be a slave to the gun lobby anymore. But they are concerned about their elections. And, and again, I, I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. If you're not willing to protect children, why the hell are you a senator? You're not willing to lose your career to protect the lives of children. What are you doing there? Get out. Let somebody a little more brave be there. That's my thought. So as to Monday's testimony, Team Normal, which I think I'm going to call this podcast today, I think it really made the case that every person around Trump who went into the election around Trump, from Bill Stepien to Bill Barr to other campaign lawyers who are less well-known, were making the case to Donald Trump that there was no fraud to justify changing the results of the election. The level of fraud that he was talking about was bonkers. Bill Barr used very colorful language. Um, I, I like how they point out that even Ivanka Trump, and they did this on Thursday as well, was telling the president that it appears that you lost. That there isn't fraud to justify it. Uh, the conspiracy theories being floated about Dominion and others were clearly bonkers. So what were they really doing here? I mean, we've all heard this, bits and pieces of this, drips and drabs of this. They're making their case that Donald Trump, President of the United States, had knowledge that this election was fair and on the up and up and that what he was saying in the weeks after the election and leading up to January 6th was a lie that he knew was a lie, right? So when you're proving your case in law, you're making your case that uh, you have to make the case that the people who acted, acted criminally, and they had the, they knew they were acting criminally in some cases. There's no crime to believe a conspiracy theory. You're allowed to believe conspiracy theories, even if you're the president of the United States. It's unfortunate, but it's true. You're allowed to do that. You're not allowed to intentionally mislead people. You're not allowed. Uh, you're not allowed to do that. If you, if that intention, if you're doing that intentionally to mislead these people to thinking that their country was in danger, and causing them to ride rise up like he did, he was inspiring a, you know, a seditious act based on a lie that he knew was a lie. This goes to the man's intent of what he was saying. Why are you continuing this to push this lie right up to January 6th? Still, to this day, he's pushing it. But right up to the day they counted the votes, the Electoral College votes. Why push it that far? Well, part of it was because of the grift, right? There's always a grift with him. But the other part was it. 
was that he was intentionally trying to use his supporters to hold on to power, even knowing he lost. Yes, you're allowed to have a theory and go to court and challenge that theory, and he did it. And he lost 60 out of 61 times. And let me tell you something. They always point to that one time you won. It had nothing to do with the big lie theory the one time you won. It was about how close can people stand while they're watching people count the votes in Pennsylvania. So I'm not giving him that one. And I don't know why the media keeps giving him it's He's 60 and 0. Okay? He lost, I mean, 0 and 60. He lost all of the substantive cases about the election, post-election. He won a case that allowed people to, instead of being... Uh, 12 feet away, they could be six feet away. It's something stupid like that. <laughs> it was, it had to do with the pandemic. It was, it was like, you know, social distancing guidelines from the Pennsylvania Board of Elections. And, you know, yes, you could stand a little bit closer if you're wearing a mask. There's something, something ridiculous, absurd like that. But other than that, he lost all of his cases. So they made the case pretty clearly today. You know, Ben Ginsburg used to be the guy Republicans trusted when it came to election law. Unfortunately, you know, we in the media knew who Ben Ginsburg was, but the average guy storming the Capitol had no idea who Ben Ginsburg was. He's a Republican election lawyer, most known most notably for Bush v. Gore, where he basically led to the point where we have this Supreme Court we have right now, right? Because you wouldn't have uh, uh, you wouldn't have uh, Alito. Um, or Roberts on that bench right now, but for Bush v. Gore. And God knows where the country would be with those two gone uh, and some decisions that would have happened during eight years of uh, an Al Gore presidency, or at least four years of an Al Gore presidency. I don't know. I don't know where he'd be. We probably wouldn't have had the war in Iraq, or maybe we would have had a worse war. I don't know. Can't rewrite history, but that's their guy. You would think that they would trust that guy But they don't know who that guy is. It goes to my point that nobody knows who anybody is in this country. Unless it's hammered into their brain every day on TV. Which is why this commission needs to keep dripping this out. This needs to be going on in September and October. Now I know that they're going to release their report in September or October. But that report should take them a month to release. They should do it day by day by day. Just tell people more and more and more and outrage people about this and people need to be outraged by this the man was lying he clearly knew he was lying and his intent was to bring people to washington to cover up for the attack he planned with the proud boys and the oath keepers to overthrow our government and to retain power it's disgusting it's despicable and God, 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 I, you know, I've been on this show and I've been saying this for, you know, you know, last two years. I have not been one of those people who say, let's lock them up. But my mind is changing on that. I, I believe that what he did was so despicable, so disgusting, and so intentional that it would be wrong for us not to prosecute him. And, you know, part of me says, you know, we don't prosecute our presidents in this country we don't prosecute our political opponents but when people plan a coup and nothing happens to them it's just an audition right or a rehearsal not an audition a rehearsal for the next time and i am concerned that this is not the last time i am absolutely concerned and we should all be concerned 
This is how countries like ours die. We were never going to be defeated by a military foe. We will tear ourselves apart from the inside out. And that's what his intention was. That guy. That's the guy. That's the guy that these people want to make king in this country. It's sick. But here we are. Keep watching these hearings, America, and let me know what you think. I'm at Christopher Hahn on Twitter, Christopher Hunt NY on Instagram. And right now, I want to thank you all for listening to me, and I want to remind you, as I always do, to seek the truth. Question everyone and everything, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there, and I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.